You're listening to Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about classic movies. Uh, that's right, only classics on this show. Today, we are talking about uh, the first, no, the second non-Hollywood movie on this show. We're talking about 2002's Infernal Affairs. This is a movie by Andrew Lau, starring Andy Lau and Tony Leung from Hong Kong in 2002. And uh, interesting fact, it beat out my favorite Chinese movie of all time at the Hong Kong Film Awards for best film. So, you know, you're in for something special. Um, you know, one of the things that it won an award for at that uh, at that award show was the theme song Infernal Affairs performed by Tony Leung and Andy Lau. So why don't you take a listen to Infernal Affairs by Tony Leung and Andy Lau? Before you, before we get started here, here it is. Welcome back to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about true classics. And today we got uh, we got something from 2002. Men, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Um, so today we are talking about. I think this is the second time we're going to be talking about a non-Hollywood movie. I want to say foreign movie, but like depending on where you're listening to this to every to this from like every movie is a foreign movie i guess i don't know it just seems like sort of an outdated term but like today we're talking about a hong kong movie from 2002 that is uh that was not selected to compete at the oscars that year actually oh um yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to say. I don't know. I don't even know how to start with this one. Pierre, you wanna you wanna say something about this movie? Uh, well, Infernal Affairs, right? Is that the yes. title? Yes. Talk about Infernal Affairs. Is a movie. Uh, it's a Chinese movie or Hong Kong? I think it's Hong Kong, Hong, right? Hong Kong movie, yes. Hong Kong movie, uh, featuring a a undercover cop who has, from the very start, since he joined his academy, started infiltrating uh, basically like certain gangs within Hong Kong. And then we have an undercover cop, as, or well, I guess an undercover criminal as well, who has infiltrated the police department to one of its highest, highest levels. And uh, the movie kind of follows the, I want to say like the game of chess between them as they figure out... Uh, how how to overcome the other person without really knowing who the other person is yeah this movie is a set is it's about it's about two moles one in the triad and one in the police station or in the police department that are essentially just at war with each other and it's really cool because they don't actually know who the other person is they have suspicions but they don't find out until probably three quarters of the way through the movie uh, like neither of them figures out who the other one is until about three quarters of the way through the movie. And then the end of the movie respectively, like it takes them, they're both constant. They're both very good at being spies. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. And then the, the end is basically who, who can overcome the other once they know each other, which is very exciting. But yeah, mm -hmm. anyways, uh, I, I haven't, I haven't seen many Hong Kong movies, uh, so like the style was really um, an interesting thing to watch. Uh, with the they have they they have a love for overly dramatic uh, um, effects sometimes, 
uh, yeah. seemingly like when it's really intense, you, you, you feel a very kinetic shift in cinematography and, uh, and the music, um, which like I've obviously all movies have, but it's almost like just a very different, it, it's like it's switching styles of movie within yeah. scenes, you know? Um, this movie and its cinematography actually reminded me quite a bit of Chungking Express. They're, they're very different. I mean, I guess it's not going to make a lot of... To anyone who's listening who also has not seen a lot of Hong Kong movies, that's probably not going to be a very good comparison. But um, in, in Chungking Express, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the shots are like, they'll, they're, they're very kinetic. They kind of come across... They, they kind of play at a low frame rate, but they're very like... It almost looks like they're rapidly switching between still shots, which this didn't. I don't know if that's the best description for a lot of the shots in this, but I know. But I'm thinking of a couple of uh, a couple of scenes where someone is being followed in this movie, where the action is. It's very kinetic, but in a static way, sort of like it's yeah. it's switching between it's switching between shots very quickly. But in those shots, there's not a lot going on. Like in those individual quarter of a second long shots, there's nothing happening, but it's switching between them very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess it, it, it can be seen as disorienting, at least to American audiences. Um, but like, as from what I can tell, this is very yeah common in all uh, Chinese movie making, I guess. Um, it's certainly not uncommon. I want to say it's just a specific style because a lot of the, most of the Chinese movies that I've watched are a very different style altogether. Oh, okay. um, Yeah. Well, just because, like, I really like my, uh, my, my Wushu films, so I think (laughs) that's what they're called. Wushu? Wusha? I'm not sure. Kung Fu movies, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, yeah, so, uh, but other than that, like, I thought, like, uh, the acting was really, really solid. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say anyone really stuck out from what I can tell. I unless would, you, you would. I, I definitely found some. Well, um, what's interesting about this? I, I I researched this movie a little bit afterwards because I also haven't seen as many Hong Kong movies as I would have liked to. But this stars a lot of the biggest names in that scene. Uh, yeah. The main characters are played by Andy Lau and Tony Leung. Um, yeah, I've then, seen the, the the guy that plays the undercover cop. What what has he been in anything like American movies? He is not. His first one is going to be Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Oh, si- oh, sick. Okay, awesome. He's playing the Mandarin, uh, but that is Tony Leung Chu Wai, okay. who uh, you have seen because he was in. He's been in like every Wong Kar Wai movie. So a few yeah. we, a few months ago, we uh, did a Wong Kar Wai movie night for our uh, movie club, and he was in every single one of those movies, playing the main character. Oh, oh, that's why. He, okay, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he looks very. He, that's why he's familiar. Yeah, which was nice, I guess, because he he seems like a very friendly face, or a familiar face. I don't know why, but I think that helped by like yeah. being siding with him in the movie, you know, and um. I, I like this especially because I've seen I've only seen him in three other movies, and in those three other movies, he's been, if not necessarily a, like he's either been a sensitive guy or just very clearly the good guy. Like he's never been bad, and even in this, he was the good guy. He was the undercover cop in the triad, but also he had to play it really rough. Like he had to pretend to be a bad guy the whole time, even yeah. though he was the good guy, which wasn't exactly against type for him but it was very or from what i can tell but it was quite different than the other roles i've seen him in oh interesting uh, so how, how do you think uh, the contrast worked oh i think it well the contrast between different actors or just the contrast in his performance for, for his performance uh, I think it worked really well because he is very good as a clear good guy but um, in this one, he got to really he, he got to flex his acting his acting muscles a bit, and I think that uh, he it's kind of interesting. He got to play the straight man amongst a bunch of kind of absurd characters because uh, his the people who were 
ranked a little lower than him in the triad were uh, kind of idiots. Like they were great at what they did, but they were just sort of, they were kind of the comic relief. And so seeing him as the straight man character to them was pretty funny. And then him against the other characters, he was really the anchor of this movie. I felt. Yeah. Well, he was, he was definitely a straight man. Cause he, he seemed like the only person that wasn't entirely like an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, even like the uh he has a a mentor in the police force who's the only person that knows that he is undercover. Mm-hmm. Uh and assen- essentially like he he's I, I guess he's respected, very well respected, but also he has kind of left this guy in the field for what is it, ten years now, and he hasn't get really given him an opportunity to pull him out. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, like it, it's kind of kind of a in, in a in a world of extreme gray and like and or gray great the good characters are kind of a uh, gray and the bad characters are you know really bad uh yeah and kind of the only beacon of light which i even though ironically he is uh you know on the bad side mm-hmm. um i'm just looking up some actor names the uh the guy that played his mentor in the police force is anthony wong chow sang uh, or Anthony Wong, and I, and the the triad boss is Eric Tsang Chi Wai. So uh, I, I bring those up because these three, uh, those four actors, Andy Lau, Tony Leung, uh, Anthony Wong, and Eric Tsang, are four of the biggest actors in Hong Kong film. So I think I already mentioned that, but like we, I, I just feel like that's important to reiterate real quick. Yeah. Even though um, I feel like the the movie doesn't really give a whole lot of opportunity to really uh, showcase acting, um, I would say maybe for the two main characters, both of the moles, because they they yeah. do have they do have to undergo a lot of uh, basic, very like again they're very layered characters, uh, obviously because they have they have they have to portray their the personality that that everyone around them knows and then the their true personality under that and so the way they react to certain things uh it's a very subtle but um they i think they did a good job but otherwise like there's no i i can't think of any huge uh acting moments where you really felt you really felt the talent coming through it was a very momentum based movie um mm-hmm. so it, um, it it didn't really have much room to breathe for scenes like that what I really liked about this movie uh, is that it moved. Well, as you said, it's a momentum based movie. It moved very quickly. This movie could easily have been stretched out to say, uh, Oh gosh, hold on. What was I about to say? Um, I, I've, this movie moved along very quickly. There's like three main events that happen and that's kind of it. Uh, there's, there's the initial, so like at the very beginning, they give you a little bit of background on the characters and then they, do like one sting operation then there's a meeting between two characters that goes badly and then there's one other meeting between two characters or no and then there's one other sting operation and then we're done like it and all of that happens in an hour and 40 minutes and this movie could easily have been stretched out to say two hours and 31 minutes but they didn't do that it just went very quickly yeah i did notice that i think there was a couple uh, plot points that they really could have developed more or maybe characters uh mm-hmm. there was a there's a, a love interest there is there are two love interests kind of for yeah one for one for each of the characters uh well no well, be, because remember there was the therapist yeah that he kind of fell for and then there was that girl that that he knew like five six seven years ago and it was implied that that was his child that she had, but she had a new husband or a, a husband. Uh, oh, I I wasn't really sure what to make of that scene. I think yeah, that one definitely should have been could have been developed more because I kind of didn't get where that fit in the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't really. I I, I at first I thought it was uh, they were going to go with like that was the 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 mole in the police that was his child. So so the guy. The mole, the mole in the in the gang was actually the father of his child or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, it was it was kind of very separate and kind of tacked on. It was a nice touch because it showed what he had to sacrifice for his job. Because it, it was, I think it was kind of implied that she broke up with him because he was in a probably because he was a criminal or she knew he was she thought he was a criminal. Um, and then maybe she she didn't want the child to know her father because you know he was an, a, a bad person. Uh, but then that's reflected in the end of that sacrifice because she realizes that he was, he was actually a hero and, um, she, she feels bad that he couldn't meet his child, I guess, because, because of the burden and sacrifice he had to make. Yeah. This, uh, Tony Leung's character, uh, Chan Wing Yan is apparently his name. Uh, he goes by Yan in most of the movie. Um, he's he's a really tragic character because right at the beginning, like you see him become, they, they, he's he's put as a plant in the triad, and then they say it's for three years, and he stays in the triad for ten years and cannot get out. So his very first scene as an adult is him complaining to, yelling at his mentor, like, "Hey, can I get out of this, please? I want my identity back. I don't want to be just a tool of the police force. Can I be a person again?" And uh, he kind of never gets, he kind of never gets to do that. That's his entire motivation throughout the entire movie is just to actually. Well, yeah. He also life. wants to do the right thing. Yeah, he, he, there was a, that part in the, I guess it's in the middle of the third act when he realizes who the mole in the police force is. And he could have easily dismissed uh, what he found out and gone back to his life. But he he did he really did have this sense of inner uh, conflict where he 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 really did want to do the right thing all the time. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, like the movie was the movie could have ended there. It was, the conflict was over for the most part. Uh, it was just about letting that guy go, the, mm-hmm. his opponent. So yeah, so that would have been nice if they developed that more. Uh, it was a nice touch, but I mean like. If the movie was longer, I could see why they'd cut that out. But like an hour, forty minutes, like easily, you could have added maybe five minutes of more development in that. Uh, especially because it comes really late too. Like, she, yeah, he, he kind of finds out or he meets her randomly. Like there was no no planned meeting, and this is at the end of the second act, and the movie's like already kind of chugging its way towards the end, the climax. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it could have been time better too. Uh, and the same thing with the ther- the therapist thing. Like we didn't really see them talk. Like the only time we see them talk is they're they're just kind of he's kind of stating his love for her, but we haven't really seen them get along or anything. So mm-hmm. there's not much to go off of or feel there. Uh, so yeah, those are those are two plot points I really noticed. Uh, but I I think everything else was pretty well developed. Yeah, uh, honestly, any plot points that are undeveloped in this, I would, I would have just cut because I think this movie benefits really. It, it benefits a lot from how fast it moves. That's true. That that is one of its big. Uh, it actually, honestly, like with a story like this, I think it's pretty ballsy to keep it at such a short runtime. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how, because on, honestly, I like the despite how short it is, there's there's so much to to play with here, you know. So. The, the filmmakers really had to pick what they thought was really important, especially because I, I noticed they, I think they took the, the three acting was very serious. They, they, they it felt, because I noticed uh, at the end of each act or the switching between acts, they would have uh, their transition would be a fade to black, a slow fade, fade to black. And then, uh, and then the next scene is like kind of the start of the next act. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, I didn't notice that until you pointed it out. Yeah, well, I, I, at least I assume um, because the first act is actually really long. It's like thirty minutes, I think, maybe mm-hmm. forty minutes, uh, especially for a movie this long. So uh, I would also argue the thir- the first act is the most important. In the first act, I guess uh, I'll sum it up real quick, just in case we've just because we've kind of been skimming through the plot. In the first act, you see. Um, the background for both of these characters, how they became, or how they ended up in the positions they're in. And then the first act is the first sting, essentially. So um, they're, uh, the, the triad boss 
is getting uh he, he's getting i think cocaine from uh some people or no, from from some thai people and um he sends his people to get it while his guy in the police force is trying to tip him off to everything that's going on so that he doesn't get caught while the mole in the triad is tipping off the police so that they can catch him and it's really really tense yeah it picks up really quickly and that mm-hmm. Uh, cause uh, actually at, at the start of the movie, you don't know who's who, right? Uh, yeah, because this movie makes the really interesting choice to start in the past with different actors. And so, um, when you finally see the actors, uh, that are actually going to play these characters throughout the whole movie, it's, uh, you don't immediately recognize them. I mean, they make it fairly obvious. So on my second watch, you know, I knew who everyone was very quickly. I mean, I'd also seen the movie by that point, but <laughs> uh, they they don't make it they they make it fairly obvious if you're paying attention who's who. But it's also not like in your face exactly. So you kind of don't know who people are right at the beginning. It's a really interesting choice, and I think it works out really well. Yeah, I like because uh, the audience is actively trying to figure out what's going on as well. Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't think they really state that there's even moles from the start, right? Um, they kind of the, do because, or at least like the they they state that there's a mole in the triad because the very first, uh, the, the all of the past, while they show both of the characters in the past. It's primarily from Jan's perspective, uh, who mm. is the mole in the triad. And you see him being chosen to be a mole in the triad. And then the first scene before uh, the sting is him meeting up with his mentor, talking about how he doesn't want to be a mole in the triad. So you know that oh, much. True, yeah. You don't yeah, know that true. there's a mole in the police force. Yeah, and neither do they. No one, I think no one... I guess the police force doesn't know. So we're kind of taking the perspective of the the main character in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that, <clears throat> that drive to just, it was almost like they're just trying to get through these acts as quickly as possible. Uh, I guess it, it really, it, it does help with the in- intensity of it all. Uh, because yeah, like especially the first act, it's a really intense part of the movie. Um, and I guess it does slow down as the movie goes along, surprisingly. But uh, yeah, I I, I loved the, I loved how how uh, certain each each act felt, and yeah, there was no no wasted space, very trim. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and and on, like honestly, yeah, because uh, there's so many there's so many elements they could have played with that I noticed. Uh, but I honestly, like, looking back on it, I don't think it would have affected the end product too much. Because I think the ending is definitely, like, the biggest part of the movie uh, for me in, in nailing its theme. Uh, because yeah. on- honestly, the main theme, like, the theme of the movie isn't really present. It's just back-to-back action, which is fine. So well, it keeps the, the audience entertained. But uh, well, I- sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, well, actually, you finish what you're saying first, because I think I want to go into the next uh, topic. Real- so you finish what oh, you're saying. Good. Uh, so, yeah, so I was, uh, I guess, the resolution, because it just feels like the entire movie was made to serve the end point, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I feel it's almost like the, the directors looked, made the movie, and then they they made the ending, and then they look back, and they're like, all right, so now what can we cut that doesn't really support the ending fully, you know? Or it isn't really necessary to really add to the ending. Uh, So yeah, so I think like the stuff like the kid, um, it was there enough to show what he lost. And I did feel that, but it wasn't there, like it wasn't there to kind of add to the story, you know? It just supported Mm -hmm. that ending. Because they do... They have a very long shot, or they, they, it's a very noticeable shot of, you know, the the mother and the daughter both looking really sad, and and the mother kind of realizing like, uh, what she like she, that she maybe made a mistake or something with judging him, mm-hmm. uh, and that that was that was honestly all it needed, you know. So uh, 
Yeah. What, what were you going to talk about? Oh, I was going to say, what did you think of, uh, you brought up the themes of this movie, and I wanted to ask what you thought of the themes of this movie. What did you think the theme was, I guess, even? And I, they made it they made it fairly clear kind of one of the themes of the movie, but I don't think it came across very well. Um, or at least I didn't quite get so much out of it. Anyway, what did you think of the themes of this movie? Um, well, so yeah, at the ending, I guess they, they, they kind of stayed at pretty obviously with a, I think it was a quote from the Buddha or something mm-hmm. about how living in a, living in a lie is a perpetual hell or something. Was it, was it a lie or was it? Uh, it's something like that. It's the, uh, the lowest, there's a level of hell, um, which God, I don't remember what it's called. I'm going to look it up right now, but it's the continuous hell. Avicii. Avicii is the continuous Avicii. hell. <laughs> Uh, it's the lowest level of hell in Buddhism and you, and it's a hell where you endure suffering incessantly, which to me as a, I mean, the Christian equivalent to me to, of that to me sounds like purgatory, which is kind of interesting that that's immediately what I get out of it. But anyway, um, um, I saw it more as a metaphorical hell. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what they were saying, but yeah, like he, cause <clears throat> I guess it kind of hits because when uh, essentially, the, do we care about spoilers? I don't think so, right? At this point, no, definitely oh, not. Okay. If you care so, about spoilers at this point, then like drop out, I guess. Okay, getting getting into specific plot points. Uh, when the main character dies, when he's shot uh, by by the, uh, I guess I guess it was the the antagonist's like assistant. Uh, kind of. So at the very, very, at the very beginning of the movie, uh, the the first the first scene of the movie is the triad boss talking to his newest recruits, and there's like eight of them or something, and these are recruits that he's going to send into the police force to become police officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one of those recruits is our police mole. Uh, who eventually who who's the other main character? One of the other recruits is a lower level police officer that kind of just springs up at the end. So he's mm-hmm. sort of so he's not even in the rest of the movie really. Like he might be in a couple of shots as an extra, but he's he just kind of he he kind of comes out of nowhere at the end because he was another plant in the police force that just didn't really make it that far. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> which I actually thought was a cool point um, in the story. Uh, nice twist. But uh, yeah, so when he kills the main character... Uh, wait, man, I forgot, I lost... Why was I talking about this? It's the themes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. so you, you, you're, think, you're thinking uh, that, you know, the, the, the bad guy won, you know? Like, completely and utterly, like, he, he got his goal, he, he killed... No one, no one knows on this earth knows that he, what he did, you know, entirely. One well, person and, on this earth knows. Well, yeah. So, but like, eventually, we—I guess no—we realized before that that his wife kind of knows. She finds out, uh, sort of what he's been doing. I don't, I don't know on what level. Um, and it's not really explained what what happens to her after. Like, does she leave him or or what? Uh. But essentially, like, it, it, you're kind of you're kind of given a moment of saying the bad guy won, and then you mm-hmm. start slowly start to realize, like, wait a sec, like this guy, like, and you can see it on his face at the funeral because the main character he it turns I think it was six years later they find out that uh, or someone finds proof that he was truly a cop and he's no buried. it was was it six years later I thought it was, it was pretty much months. It must have been six months because they were at the funeral for him. Oh, really? I believe so. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, so... And you see, you see it on the antagonist's face, just this uh, kind of realization of this guy, because he's going down as like a hero, you know? And he has loved ones that are crying for him and stuff that truly cared about him. Uh, and then he doesn't really have anything anymore, and he's kind of caught in this trap with himself because it's like a prison of his own guilt, you know. Because 
he kind of knows what he did was wrong, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have like there's no one he ha- he he can't he can't tell anyone right because if he well, did he you know go to jail. And I think sort of the defining factor here is the reason the thing that ties it back to continuous hell is that the one time in the movie that he decides to do the correct thing, which is at the very end when he's going to absolve uh, the other guy and give him his identity back and just sort of, and, and do the right thing. The one time he decides in the movie to do the correct thing, things go badly and it's out of his hand. So, he is kind of he's kind of damned to only ever uh he he's he, to only ever do the wrong thing or get thwarted when he does the right thing yeah so yeah uh i thought that was a really kind of beautiful touch i mm-hmm. i think it really nails the themes too in that you know even i i want to say this is it, it felt very uh at least non-Hollywood, a non-Hollywood ending. Yeah. Of uh, It doesn't really give too much resolution at the end, but it's kind of it's up to the audience to decide what that resolution is, I guess. Because in, in, I, I guess in my sense, I see it as uh, the main character, he died, but he died as a genuine person, you know? And he's kind of yeah. free of that burden. Um, which obviously, like on paper, or at least you know, in in a in a in the Hollywood sense, that's like a really tragic and sad ending. But it's almost represented as a good thing here. Well, I'd say what's um, where that kind of ties back into the theme too is uh, our 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 character Yen, the undercover cop in the triad. He um he was living in hell his entire life. He was in the triad, but he hated it. He was only in the triad because that was the right thing to do. And he'd been recruited for that purpose. And he was basically only in the triad so he could get out of it. Our other main character. So he was living in a continuous hell his entire life where our Mm. other character, uh, inspector Lau, the triad mole in the police force, he had a great life. He enjoyed his job. He loved working for the triad. And then sort of at the very end, things start going sour and they never stop. And he realizes that he can't get out of this sort of spiral of evil that he's wound himself up in. And so Jan, Jan, the undercover cop, gets out of this hero and eventually sort of ascends. He escapes his continuous hell where Lao never does because he, well, he he never does because that's the themes of the movie, I guess. Yeah, I I, I actually didn't think of the how how Yan was actually in a state of perpetual hell during it, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I I think it was pretty well reflected too. I loved the because I loved how. Um, they really, they act, well, they didn't truly develop the side characters, but there was, you know, the couple characters that they kind of popped up um, making, there was kind of an ongoing joke with them trying to uh, uncover cops or see, recognize who's a cop and who isn't. Yeah, uh, I was, I, I probably need to watch it again because what they say is if you notice someone who seems to be doing something but is paying attention to you, they're a cop. And I know that must have paid off in the movie somewhere. Like, if you already knew to do that, you could probably recognize people who weren't what they said they were. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't notice it either time I was watching. That's I a good point, yeah. It doesn't really... It would have been nice if that paid off in the when he finds out who the mole is in the police. Yeah. That would have been really cool. Uh, but yeah, like, they, they developed these these two characters. Uh, and then one of them... Or one of them dies beside him alongside Yon, and they really get much of the movie but in that one uh where he's talking about uh you know how it, i think he i think he said or he, he implies that even if he knew who the mole was because they're all brothers you know and kind of in that scene i don't know if he actually knew that his uh that Jan was the mole yeah but he kind of implied it 
Mm-hmm. Which was like, you know, obviously it was like ter- like and ter- terribly guilty for for Jan. I don't think actually I don't think he was truly listening because he was in, still in shock from uh well, ins- what was it ins- Inspector Wong or SD Wong? Yeah, uh, Superintendent Wong. Superintendent uh, but Wong. it's interesting that you say that he wasn't really listening because what I did notice that was the only time I noticed that he was doing something. He was uh, he was like a stent. He he was. Uh, holding the guy's wound and trying to like hold it shut, but he wasn't really paying attention to that. He was paying attention to him instead. So that mm. was really the only time that I noticed, hey, this guy yeah. could be a cop based on that <laughs> logic. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that might not actually be the intention there, but that was the only time I noticed. Yeah, so that scene was honestly kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, just especially after after Wong died, you know, it was just kind of back-to-back sadness, especially once you realize that, like, like this guy, he, like, they're, like, not, I, I guess they're obviously, like, the people he's working with are bad people, you know, but they're still, like, the people he spent, like, the last 10 years with, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's not interested in necessarily taking out the henchmen. He's, inter- he's, he's there to get rid of the boss. So, like, yeah. when the henchmen die, th- these are his friends. Yeah, and uh, even like taking them out, I don't think he expects them to all die. You know, he's just like they're gonna go to yeah. jail. So mm-hmm. uh, that you, you, that's that really nailed home that uh, that feeling of like he's not not only is he betraying kind of betraying his his normal life of or like the life he's he yearns for a normal life. He's also has to betray the people that he's kind of grown with over this whole time, and. It really, I, I think it adds to that uh, dilemma of, you know, because the Inspector Lau or. Inspector Lau is the, the mole. Antagonist, in, right? He's the mole, the mole in the police force. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's kind of like a good guy with bad intentions, you know? And mm-hmm. that, like, I think, because I, I think uh, through, his, through his actions, he actually kind of, I, I, I think his goal was to partly help get rid of their comp the competition of of other gangs from what i could tell uh, so he he kind of get like a because that's the only way because he was pretty successful right mm-hmm. kind of get info from from the gang he's working with and then he get a promotion based off of that information when they snag some stuff um because yeah they said they said earlier he kept getting promoted in the movie because he had like a, a perfect track record for 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 his job and uh, mm-hmm. he's been with them for so long so he's very reliable right so like but from his perspective you, you know you could kind of see that he in the end like he's he's taking down gangs you know even though his intentions are pretty bad and that he's helping one of them rise well uh, and, he's, and he's profiting and at, off of it and at the very end he kind of becomes the de facto leader of that gang too in essence yeah you know so, but I just, I like the, it, it, it adds to the dilemma of, you know, like, even if someone's on the bad side or like, is like a gang member or whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person, you know? So it's kind mm-hmm. of here, there's kind of, uh, it's a very morally gray uh, movie overall, uh, which is, you know, it, it's nice to see. I, I, it could have been very easy to just make all the, the gangsters bad. I, I think that's what most movies do too. Uh, and that was such a small scene, you know, but it really, it really added a lot to, to the narrative, which I love. Well, um, oh gosh, I don't even know how I want to introduce this next thing, but, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll try and do both of the introductions I thought of and just sort of layer them on top of each other. There is a character, uh, who's not really a character. It's just a code name for a character that I don't even know if we ever see in this, uh, in this movie, it's the guy. It's their guy on the street. The guy they keep telling. The guy who's I think is watching the triad constantly, and they just keep like telling him to tail the triad. And his code name is Elephant. And I think that that really works oh. uh, for us <laughs> because we can address the elephant in the room here. Sure. Um, this movie is The Departed. <laughs> yeah, the the original Departed. Yeah. So The Departed is a remake of this movie, <laughs> like down to some shots 
like at the very end of The Departed, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gets killed in an elevator. That happens in this movie. Uh, Tony Leung gets killed in an elevator in the exact same way, and then, like the elevator, st- the elevator keeps opening on his feet the exact same way. It's I saw that and I'm like, they did not. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely I actually didn't know it was until like I want to say until like this like halfway through the movie. <laughs> that's when I got really interested. Um, but yeah, so I, I, it was really hard for me after that point to not kind of compare it to The Departed. Uh, but from what I can tell, I, they're, honestly, they're very different movies. Uh, yeah. I, um, I think The Departed takes a much more psychological and almost like uh, philosophical look at, at, a, at, at the situation. It's, it's very much, I think, Hollywoodized with the... There's much more banter. The characters are much more lively. Uh, there's a, a couple very hard, like hard coincidences with uh, mm-hmm. I get like because they kind of take the therapist character from the Infernal Affairs and expand it in that she, in the, the part of she falls in love with both of them, both characters at the at a certain point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh so stuff like that is it was like it's very i like from what i can tell it's just a very much different movie uh yeah yeah i uh, i did notice the departed is two hours and 31 minutes long if anyone was wondering why i picked that exact length earlier uh <laughs> yeah um and i i would wonder i'm, I'm excited to talk about the departed because we will do that eventually because um I liked this movie a lot and I liked its momentum and I liked how concise it was. However, as you mentioned, there are a lot of spots in this movie where it could expand on things. And I think the departed does that in at least a few. So that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm excited to see when we talk about the departed is just to see where this, where the departed thought it could improve on this movie and whether or not it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I think this is actually like this. This this movie. I, I might be biased because I, I I know it. It's already been done. But this movie was actually like felt really ripe for a, a remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just because of the stylistic choices it makes, uh, really kind of corners it in its own little space and and especially with the short runtime, there's just so much to expand on. Yeah, and change and uh. Yeah, so like, and it, I I usually I'm not a big fan of like American remakes, the idea of it, but in this case, like I I could definitely see because I I did leave this movie yearn, kind of yearning for more. I gotta and, say too, when you're re- when the remake is done by Martin Scorsese, like that's something special. Yeah, exactly. That's that. I don't know how like how the rights works, but you know, like if I was if I, if I directed a movie in a different language and I heard Scorsese wanted to adapt my movie, I would be pretty sure that he would do it properly. Yeah. Uh, so uh yeah, I, I and I do uh some of the some of the changes I noticed. I, I really I I again I'm not sh- and I'm I'm not sure if this is a, a Hong Kong cinematography style or or uh or maybe just the director, but the the death scenes where a main character like or one of the characters dies or it's a really sad moment and then you do the flashbacks uh in black and white and stuff across the movie mm-hmm. uh really kills the momentum for such a fast-paced movie and then i found it really jarring especially like i i think the biggest moment that i could i want to talk about between like the departed and infernal affairs is when uh the main character dies uh it's a very large difference uh, in that it was a surprise in The Departed where the elevator opens and out of nowhere, uh, Leo Leo's character gets shot. And in this movie, he's caught on the rooftop. The main character's caught on the rooftop. And then the way he dies is just very confusing. He kind of gets caught off guard because 
he's he's being followed by someone aiming at a gun at him, and he's safe because he's holding the the police inspector Lao in front of him, and then he he, he just kind of I don't know he his his head pops out and he's able to get shot without realizing it. Well, and... I mean, he does get shot in the elevator. The elevator opens and he gets shot by a police officer. Yeah, so like the idea is there. It's just the execution was so much better uh, in in the Departed, in my opinion. Just for like, mm-hmm. I think the shock factor was extremely satisfying. Just because you're you are really given that sense of the good guy won, you know, and you're given it for like a solid minute or so, mm-hmm. uh, and it feels good because like. I guess it's a longer movie too, so the whole movie has been building up to this moment, and uh, and then so when when he dies, it's just way way more tragic, you know. Yeah, that, that, actually. How, oh, go ahead. Uh, Sorry. Just to finish quickly, yeah, with how out of nowhere it is. Whereas this movie, you 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 are like it's just it just felt really odd, like because the way he dies, the way they shot it and stuff, it didn't really feel surprising. It felt kind of cheesy, uh, and then I was just kind of—I was honestly kind of confused because what they do is they—he shoots, and then it's the the screen goes black, and then you're just wondering what's going on, uh, and then they do some like kind of weird shots with black and white uh, before the guy dies. And uh, again, I just think Scorsese's version was much better executed and directed. Now. Um, what you just said about that scene reflects most of my opinion on another death scene in this movie, the death of Superintendent Wong, uh, where he gets thrown out of the building onto the car. Yeah. The scene where the scene specifically of him just landing on the car comes as a shock. And then they go into sad pop music and, uh, Jan being very upset and like, Uh, him him being very upset makes sense. It's a really big character moment for him. The sad pop music kind of kills it for me. And in I don't remember The Departed as well as I wish I did right now, but I believe in The Departed that also is played a lot more for shock value. Like there's no sad pop music or anything. Leo, I I don't know what I don't know for sure, but I would imagine Leo is really upset. But like it just happens and it's a huge shock and it really makes a difference in this one. It's still a big shock, but it kind of, it's kind of killed by over melodramatizing it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely felt, I honestly kind of laughed or I giggled in that scene just because of how ridiculous it was shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a, it's again, this is a huge, it's a huge momentum breaker uh, because right, like right before you, you're given the shock, and then right after you're kind of given the disoriented feeling when all the cops come out and all the gangs, the gang members come out and they start shooting at each other, right? Yeah. Uh, and like, it's just, it's just really distracting. I don't, I, I kind of get what they were going for. Uh, it might have worked better if they changed the music uh, and and kind of shortened it, uh, but. You know, again, I actually don't remember what happens in the departed for that scene specifically. Yeah. So I can't, I can't directly uh, uh, compare it, but I will say, from what I can, from like instinct, I can very surely say that Scorsese would not direct the scene like that. Uh, and for would sure. Probably do a better job, especially like I that because leading up to that scene, it was really, really intense too. So it's really unfortunate that. Uh, the tonal kind of the tonal shift was too much. Mm-hmm. That's really all that bothered me too, because just just that tonal shift really missed the mark, in my opinion. Everything else was so close to being perfect yeah. in that scene. Especially like because they do they do stuff like that earlier, but it doesn't bother me as much because it wasn't hugely important, you know. Like, uh, like when for example when the when Inspector Lau kills like the the head of the mob, you know, mm-hmm. they 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 did they kind of shoot that a little weirdly too. But I was mostly fine with that because like I didn't, you know, there wasn't much emotional impact. It was just more of like a, a really cool scene. Well, it's almost uh, weird because when they do that scene, uh, the shock factor is still there. It's similar to um, Wong dropping on the car, 
But in that scene, because it's a bad guy being shot, you know, the shock factor is there and then he falls over and dies. And it's really like, it's, it's surprising and it makes a big impact, but they don't try and make you feel, they don't try and make you feel things where when Wong dies, it's like, Oh, also be sad now, please. Yeah, that's a good point. It does. It's it's like it doesn't trust the audience to realize this is a sad moment. Yeah, it kind of has to hold your hand. It's like, oh, this is a sad moment. Be be sad now. Go black and white. Turn on the sad music. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it just doesn't work out. The the uh, the, uh, the only other change I want to add is the ending, the very ending, where uh, in the Departed, Mark Wahlberg ends up killing the the bad guy, the antagonist that supposedly wins uh, mm-hmm. in this movie, you know? So in, in this movie, he survives till the end. And then the theme of uh, perpetual hell is brought up. In The Departed, you, you kind of get that revenge uh, scene and audience satisfaction. But I will say, as, as much as I love how The Departed ends, I actually really do like that. It felt, it felt good. Uh, uh, it does kind of detract from like the beautiful theme of uh, infernal affairs. Well, and, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to talk about the Departed because just through that scene alone, through the character of Mark Wahlberg alone, uh, the Departed must have a different theme because the Departed can't talk about continual hell if Matt Damon dies at the end, which is fine. It just has a different theme, so it'll be interesting to like look at that. Uh, and but this movie also could not have had uh, Inspector Lau die at the end because it wouldn't have made sense with what this movie did. So The Departed fixes, not really fixes, but addresses that problem and allows Matt Damon to get killed at the end, specifically through the introduction of the third police officer, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and uh, again, like. It's I don't know. Do do you have like a preference personally? I don't want to say because it's been probably 3 or 4 years since I've seen The Departed. So uh, I will have a preference, but I I don't know yet. Yeah. I I I, I want to say it's I guess it's just different. I I do I really do find it it fits the the movie's themes because uh, again this this movie is a very or infernal affairs is a very non-hollywood movie well obviously <laughs> so like it's it just mark Wahlberg killing or the main the, the bad guy dying in the end you know and that feeling of justice that the audience receives because honestly that scene is just so it's like a eureka almost like a eureka moment i'll never <laughs> forget that you know especially because like mark Wahlberg's character he's just kind of an asshole the whole movie and uh it, it's it's nice that you get you you kind of finally cheer for him at the end yeah it's kind Where, of a redemption scene for him yeah and like but as cool as that scene is it's slight it is slightly audience favored you know because mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it kind of closes off any any kind of lasting effect the movie has you know in in terms of right. like thinking about like like life you know and but whereas this movie, I think it kind of cements home like that feeling of what what is good, what is bad, uh, and the 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 morally gray image it kind of conjures. Whereas, yeah, Scorsese, uh, surprisingly, actually, Scorsese's version is much more Hollywoodized, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say I I, I prefer I wouldn't say I prefer either one. But I will say this: this ending was definitely more ballsy, um, in terms of Hollywood Hollywood cinema, and uh, definitely like more thought provoking. Yeah. So uh, I, I applaud them for that, and I guess yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't of it very well. So yeah. I guess probably the last thing I want to say on this movie. Uh, so. There, as we've mentioned quite a few times, there's a lot to expand on in this movie. Uh, the Departed does that through a remake. Too scarily want to talk about oh, those sequels wow. and episodes or anything, but it would be interesting to see the sequels to this movie are like because um, 
I don't think this movie really leaves space for a sequel, even though it leaves space for things for other things to be expanded on. Um, so it's really it's really interesting that they decided to make a trilogy out of it. Uh, yeah, that's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> I have yeah, no I, idea. I think I'd agree. Uh, and after I, I feel kind of like an idiot after saying how like non Hollywood this movie is, and then like they make no it. You're She's you're right. Cool. This movie, this movie as a singular movie, is very non Hollywood, and it works really well as a single movie. It's really strange to me that they decided to make two sequels. I guess this movie made like more money than any other movie when it came out uh, in Hong Kong, but like also it seems like one that not only doesn't need sequels, but that could not possibly support sequels. Yeah, I literally, like, ending that movie... You know how some movies are like, oh, I could kind of see, like, a certain thing, like, maybe this character spins off, or this, like, they continue with this plot point. There's literally nothing in this movie that I can think of. Maybe, like, I, I don't know what the movie is, but maybe a redemption story for the, the police character. I, but again, I that, that totally, like, destroys the original premise of the first movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. That's whole, oh, it's a prequel. Uh, Infernal Affairs Two is a prequel. That makes more oh. sense. But Infernal but, Affairs Three is definitely a sequel. I would hope so. Yeah. But either way, like that, that is crazy. It's a bad um, move for sure. Yeah, and uh, I will probably never watch them. But I guess like. The last thing I wanted to bring up is, uh, Pierre, you know my favorite Chinese movie of all time, right? Yeah, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, not, not quite, but that is close. If that, if that could be considered a Chinese movie, that would probably be it. <laughs> but like, no, my favorite Chinese movie of all time is Hero uh, by director Zhang Yimou. And um, what's interesting, the reason I bring that up is that uh, Infernal Affairs got best picture at the um at the Hong Kong Film Awards the year that it came out beating hero so this this movie beat my all-time favorite chinese movie for best picture at the Hong Kong Film Awards oh wow yeah That's... i i just felt like that needed to be brought up at some point i don't know that i need to say any more about that but this movie's good Thank you. I kind of want to watch the Hong Kong Film Awards now. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they happened earlier this month, unfortunately. So oh, right. we won't get to see these ones. But yeah. maybe mm. that is definitely an award show that I would like to start paying attention to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, uh, I would say the movie, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I, I loved how refreshing it was to see uh an action thriller that's like an hour and a half yet deeply like thought-provoking and yeah uh, um definitely yeah I, I would recommend even if you have seen the departed uh or just like you know love movies in general it's a very it's a very good movie honestly i'd recommend this movie especially if you've seen the departed like if you've seen The Departed, then you kind of know where this movie is going, which allows you to enjoy the movie even more, in my opinion, because I saw this movie twice. And uh, the second time I watched it, I think I liked it more just because you can see at every point in the movie kind of you, you because you know where the movie's going, you see sort of. Uh, you get a better idea of what's happening at every point, and you can notice the subtleties a lot more like. The first time I was watching, I kind of didn't think that anyone was onto the moles in their respective sp spots. Like, I didn't think that the triad leader figured out that uh, who the mole was among him. And mm -hmm. I didn't think that the police chief really knew who his mole was. The second time I was watching it, they definitely both knew. And they're kind of giving subtle hints the entire time. They just don't have the proof to explicitly kill that person. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some subtle hints. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like how they never solidify that. It's, it's kind of... Uh, it, it's, it's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that they kind of trust the audience to kind of do their own thing. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is an enthusiastic recommend from me. I really mm -hmm. think you should watch this movie regardless of 
I don't know, like anything. You should just watch this movie. It's super good. Yep, I agree. Uh, uh, it's, it's, what's your score? Oh my god, out of out of five or out of ten? Ten. I'd give it an eight. Eight out of ten. Mm, I would give it a seven point five. I think. Nice. Yeah, I guess like if anyone, I don't know if we've been scoring movies out of ten very much on this show, but like. I very, very rarely give 10 out of 10s, if anyone's wondering. And like a 9 out of 10 is a transcendentally good movie. So 8 out of yeah. 10 is basically the highest the highest recommendation I can give. Watch, yeah, watch me it. give the next movie. <laughs> I was oh. going to say, watch me give the next movie we talk about a 9 out of 10 just out of the blue. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I, well, I, I unfortunately I don't see that coming. Well, Anyways. I guess we know the next movie we're talking about, eh? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next week.